I'm Sean Bowles, and I want to welcome you to Exploring the Prophetic Podcast. I have a passion for how the prophetic gifts can change the world around us. They make simple, everyday people like you and I a catalyst for life-changing experiences with the supernatural. On this podcast, I have friends from all different backgrounds who each have a powerful story to tell about how the prophetic is shaping their world. I invite you to be part of the conversation. This is Exploring the Prophetic. Welcome to the podcast today. It's a really fun one because it's a season finale for season one. And I have here someone who's going to interview me, my wife, Cherie. Hello, everyone. <laughs> I'm so excited. I'm a big, uh, big fan of the podcast. And of course, not just because it's my handsome husband, Sean, but I'm so incredibly inspired by the stories and feel so connected to uh, to the journey of it. So it's such an honor to be with you guys. And actually, I get to be a part today. I'm so glad you are. And it's funny because it's a lot of our friends. It's like most of the yeah. season one was people we know really well, or at least semi-well. And so you got to hear, and I got to hear things that we wouldn't have thought of in the context, even ask them sometimes. Totally. So it's really fun to hear incredible stories this way yeah. and just to be on the journey. I mean, exploring the prophetic is one of our favorite subjects to hear God and to know how hearing God can change the culture and the world around us. Yeah. Yeah. I can't say how many mornings it's so funny being married to you, but I'm in the bathroom putting my makeup on, listening to the podcast and trying to do my <laughs> mascara while I'm simultaneously crying. And just, I love it. I'm a big fan. So this is so fun. That's so funny. Well, I'm excited for you guys to hear from Cherie because she actually uh, does quite a bit with me. She hosts a lot of our events where she'll be the MC and is an incredible interviewer and we'll be doing a podcast in 2019 together which is really fun yeah so some of you are going to be catching up to this in 2019 so you'll be able to listen to it right away but uh, i just love how you interview people so i'm excited to be interviewed by you oh all right no pressure <laughs> um no what i what i love about this um is that you host the podcast and so it's going to be kind of fun just as a, the closing the season finale um just to hear your feedback to hear what you're learning to hear about your journey and just your experience and uh, then our listeners can kind of uh, get a peek into your heart and how it's been for you. So um, it's really interesting when we were thinking about starting the podcast, um, we didn't really know what to expect, what the response yeah, would for be, sure. people's interest level, um, at times the niche audience of the prophetic uh, can be a smaller a smaller scale or a smaller interest um, just because um, of, of the topic of the prophetic. Yeah. Um, and so, we didn't really know what to expect. And so, um, this has just been really, really interesting um, as we've launched this, that we've had five 500,000 downloads in six months. I know, it's incredible. Like, I'm shocked by that number. Just because uh, when Jeremy said we should do a podcast, it wasn't even your or my idea. Jeremy, who works for us, he general manages our whole organization was like, you need to do this podcast. Like we need to be in people's lives and do life with them and share these incredible stories with them. And I was like, I don't know, Jeremy, like that sounds like a lot of work. I don't know. And he's like, it's your friends. You have these conversations. You need to do this. And I'm telling you, it's going to take off right away. For those of you who don't know, 500,000 downloads in your first six months is like what most, the average podcast would probably get 30,000 downloads in their whole year. If you're in the top hundred podcasts in your first year, you might get, you know, anywhere from 150 to 300,000 downloads in the Christian genre. So the fact that we got over 540 really thousand downloads just by April, that's just by the end of April. We don't even have May and June or whatever. That's just 
I looked at that and said, oh my gosh, people want to know about this. People really want to know what hearing from God looks like in everyday life. So that was really exciting to me. Yeah, I love that. I know I was equally surprised by the response as well and just overwhelmed and so excited that people are really interested. They're really on the journey um, and it's really working. People are bringing it out into their everyday, into their families yeah. and their communities. And that's the goal, which is just an inspiration towards the prophetic um, and inspiration towards what God's doing, the, this move of just bringing it into your community, letting the supernatural be so natural Absolutely. and impact your relationships and everything around you. So it is, it's so, it's so encouraging and it's, it's really fun to be a part of. Yeah. One of the things I think with Bowles Ministries too, one of the things that you and I are trying to do is provide tools for people to be able to hear God. I mean, we really believe that the next great harvest of people, which is when a lot of people get saved at once. Mm-hmm. It's going to be led by people who hear from God powerfully in their genre, in their everyday life. So it's not just going to be the prophets in certain churches that hear God. It's going to be everybody in politics, business, family, all these areas. And so that's one of my passions about this podcast is that you hear people from everyday lives who are hearing God and things are changing and shifting because of that. So before we go into the interview where I give you full reins to be the interviewee or the interviewer, uh, we have just some resources we're going to make available to you guys. So we're going to take a quick break and we'll get right back into the interview. I had a heart to release a book that would help everyday people hear God's voice, but be able to translate His voice to the world around them. Thus was birthed Translating God, which is one of my favorite products and resources we've ever released because of the feedback we've gotten from literally thousands of people who may have been burned out, jaded, or just confused about the prophetic, or some didn't even know about it, and they read this love-based approach on how to hear God's voice and how to have a trackable, accountable life that's biblically based, that totally takes you on a journey like you've never been on before in the prophetic. I want to encourage you, get Translating God for your church group, for your ministry, for your business, get it for your friends. It really changes people's paradigms on what to expect with supernatural ministry, on hearing God's voice, on how God relates to us, on who He is and His nature, and how to grow in a really effective ability to hear God's voice, and of course, translate that voice to the world around you. Translating God is so accessible, it comes in an ebook. it also has an audio book. You can get the course where we have a workbook and we have a DVD series. We wanted to make this very accessible. So find Translating God in a store near you or visit our website, www.bullsministries.com. Welcome back to the podcast. Uh, this is Cherie Bowles, Sean's wife, and I have him in the hot seat today, and he's Ooh. actually getting interviewed by me, which is really fun uh, to hear from you today, Sean, um, just about the journey of it and hear a little bit from your side uh, on the other side of the microphone. So, I'm the prettiest interviewer in the whole world. Oh, amen. Thank you. <laughs> I'm a words of affirmation person, so I love that. Thank you. <laughs> but um, So tell us a little bit about why you started this podcast. You know, I told a little bit in the introduction as far as it was actually a suggestion from one of our, the guy who runs our ministry, Jeremy Boutros, and we're going to be doing TV soon. And he said, I think it'd be good for you to get in the, the practice of the interview show you're going to be doing later to do as a podcast and invite people to be on the journey in a, a weekly way. Because we do books and you know, we have a lot of books out. If you don't, haven't read our books, there's some great books. And, and then we do a lot of events. But we have no access point for people on a weekly or daily journey with us. And so he said, let's take people on a weekly or daily journey. And we had so many people join, like 15,000 people have already subscribed and are listening to our our episodes, which to me, uh, it would take me maybe three three to five events 
or even more to get 15,000 people to hear a message once. But we have 15,000 people listening to each episode and we're, we're becoming thought leaders and hearing God's voice. So I think for me, I didn't, I didn't know that was going to happen. And I thought it would be a much smaller group. And I didn't know we were going to have this big of an impact. Like for, if you realize the religious section of iTunes or Google play, uh, the, who we're competing with in the top 10 to hundred that we're in all the time is Joyce Myers and TD Jakes and Joel Osteen and John Fuller with, who's a good friend, uh, you know, these kinds of guys. And so I wasn't expecting to be in the top because it's a niche kind of subject of hearing God's voice is, is the charismatic Pentecostal world. But what we're finding is that everybody wants to hear from God and everybody wants to know what that looks like. And we're inviting people who wouldn't normally be on this kind of a show to talk about stories that they've never been asked about in a Christian genre before. And it's really exciting. So I think that that's kind of a bigger answer than what you were asking about, but I, I think it kind of helps describe our process. Yeah, I love that. Um, what I found to be interesting is when you started the podcast, we're experiencing the power of story, the power of people's yeah. testimony. And it's so impactful because it's it's so relatable. And I feel like it's also something that you can easily, it's easily transferable into your own life from a life application pro, um, perspective. Yeah. You can say, wow, I can do that. That's easy. What a great idea. It's just such a great inspirational learning tool. But what I found was really interesting in and unexpected was seeing the things that were actually inspired in your life and you sharing, wow, I'm actually really growing myself I am. from it's these so stories. True. So I wanted to ask you, what are a few things that have inspired you or that you've actually learned or grown in yourself just from doing this pod podcast? Well, you and I, we talk about this, like when you hear people's stories, it's like going to school. Mm -hmm. And I feel like even from podcast number one, which was Cindy Jacobs, and I don't know Cindy very well. Like I love her. I have such esteem for her and she loves us. She's been so good to you and I over the years and just and giving us key words for our life. But she started out the first podcast saying, God told me when I was young, I was gonna be a prophet to nations. And so everywhere I'd go, it could be a hundred member church in El Salvador. And I'd say, who do you know in politics? I have a word for them, but she didn't have a word yet. But God told her, you'll be a prophet to politicians and nations. So she would get one. She would, right. they would say, well, I know the mayor. I know somebody who works as a county clerk or whatever. And she would prophesy to him because she just had this pursuit of, if God's put this on me, he's gonna give me the gifting for it. And now she's probably the most iconic prophetic person in our generation currently alive right now. She's given more words to more presidents and kings and queens and noble families and Hollywood people and whatever than anybody else. And she's been so present for decades now that it gave me a permission to pursue. Because I was told, like, if you go after it aggressively, then you're presumptuous or you're just ambitious. And even this many years, decades into it, I still am invitation only. Like, if you invite me, I'll say something to you. But if you don't invite me, I don't know. You know, I had so, I remember coming into our house going, I just talked to Cindy and I feel like in the, because our mountain is the entertainment industry and I was like if I have a word for somebody I should ask our friends who know them hey do you want to tell them there's a prophetic guy who has a word for them and we can meet with them and it's totally revolutionized my prophetic ministry and my pursuit first Corinthians 14 1 where it says go after love and eagerly desire prophecy like it's just the permission she gave in that first episode which is still one of the most listened to episodes mm -hmm. it was just so powerful and then it, you go from there all the way into Dan McCollum up at the mission church in Vacaville and how he just was so upset about just the justice issue of missing people and missing children. And so he started talking to his prophetic team. They have several hundred people who meet together once a month. And then they also have teams that break out for different reasons like art and, and whatever. It's just all kinds of prophetic teams who pray for people. And so he was saying, you know, we just said, let's ask God, like there's psychics and mediums that policemen 
look for details from. They're looking for any indicators or hints they can. God loves missing people. It's in the Bible. Let's let's pray for this. And they s- solved their first missing people case with the police giving them hints that they needed to solve the case. And now they're seven cases in. I think they're actually nine now since the podcast has aired. And nine missing people cases, I just think that means everything to those parents who've lost their children because they're all based on children, whether there's a resolution where they find the murder, if it's a murder, which is so sad, but, or they find the children, which they found several of the children were alive and they were found because of that prophetic team. And I just, I had never thought of that before. Right. Honestly, I'd never, I, that's, we had a lot of listeners who were like, I've never known. I've, I've imagined this almost like a fantasy superhero thing the God could speak to one prophet, but I never thought of just a group of people who aren't prophets who are just pursuing the prophetic who heard God like this. So it's been quite a journey. Those are just two very you know distinct moments in the show. Yeah. What I what I think is so beautiful and one thing I love about you, Sean, is that you always come to the table as a learner. Although you've released, you know, multiple e-courses on how to hear God, the prophetic ministry, um, written books, you speak at seminars, many people would possibly coin you uh, an expert in your field, yet you still come as a learner. You still come with an openness to learn. Um, And just watching you be inspired and you grow um, in this area has just been, it's been beautiful. I've just, I've just loved watching your process and your growth. And I just wonder about um, all of our listeners, what they're encountering. And so what, what have you heard? What, What feedback have you gotten? What testimonies have you heard? How have you been inspired? from like what you you're hearing from our audience. It's been amazing because people that's what people say they're like I feel like I'm learning with you. Yeah. And that's like the best feedback you can have. You know, I feel I, I, I feel like I have a lot of experience in the prophetic and so I know the questions to ask that I think a lot of people want to know. And so I think that that's where, you know, I'm learning how to be a better interviewer, but I feel like I have enough to where people are like, I would have asked that question. That's what I want to know. And so I feel like they're lear- we're learning together at the same time and we're unveiling and uncovering some things at the same time and some of these subject matters of, of the power of their story. And, you know, whether it's one of the Hollywood people or one of the social justice people that we've interviewed or one of the, just the, the normal business people, whatever, I feel like people get really impacted. The second genre of people that are impacted that's really astounding to me is my friends. So a lot of my ministry peer friends who are prophets or in the prophetic ministry have been listening and they've been texting me, calling me, they'll, they'll, they'll comment even on Instagram feed or whatever, like where we post the, the show. Um, they'll say, you know, I, I just never knew that and no one ever told me that. And what that tells me is that even people who are the experts or people who are the prophets or the prophetic ministers, we all have a lot to grow in. Yeah. And we, we, I, I think a lot of times when you're the prophetic, you feel really alone and, and we're trying to change that. Like you and I are trying to change that, you know, our ministry is trying to change that because in the old Testament, there was, there was hundreds of people in the schools of the prophets. It wasn't like two, it wasn't like five, all the minor prophets who wrote the minor books were all from schools of prophets where there was hundreds at a time. I mean, there's so many, there's several thousand mentioned prophets in the old Testament, meaning there was a company of a hundred here and a company of 200 here. And so I feel like people who are listening are going, we're in school. Mm-hmm. Like we we're learning about the nature of God, things we never heard. And so to hear like major leaders, like we're talking about major leaders have listened to this and said, I never have heard that. And I'm so addicted to your show that like I've, I've binge listened to a lot, like 10 episodes at a time. Yeah. And to me, that's like the biggest compliment because they're saying I'm growing yeah. and that's what we want. We want people to grow. Yeah. 
No, absolutely. And I think what's fun about about today is uh, typically you're the one who's interviewing and you're hearing about someone else's journey, someone else's process. And so today is a little bit of your turn. And I just wanted to ask you, what is current in your heart? What are you learning right now in your own journey with God? What are you (laughs) exploring? What are you diving into or questioning? I think, you know, I've been in such an identity shift from um, church-centric ministry and leadership for so long. I was a senior pastor up until about two and a half years ago, you know, of course, because uh, you were with me in that. Mm-hmm. And then we turned over our church to our, our close friends, Hona and Jennifer Toledo. And then we started to go on this identity journey, both of us. And I'm speaking for both of us, even though you're asking as an interviewer. I feel like I, I hearing from God right now and some of the things he's told me, and we're talking about like over the last 25 years, you know, things he's spoken to me are culminating right now. And you have a message about there's giants in the promised land. So you're in the promised land, but there's giants. There's stuff to clear out. I feel like one of the giants in my promised land is like like learning about how to incorporate courage into the decisions we're making prophetically over major life decisions about our identity as far as coming into doing more television and media instead of the 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 what we call the hamster wheel of traveling. For us, traveling isn't as exciting uh, every weekend, you know, that's not something we're doing anymore, but I've had to go from an itinerant based ministry with the senior pastor role, which it was my, you know, I was very secure in to, to this thing where I'm not traveling every weekend, you know, or half the weekends a year. And I'm no longer a senior pastor. I'm a senior leader and I'm consulting movements, but also businesses. And I'm working, consulting the entertainment industry. I'm doing all these things that I've dreamed of all my life, but I'm like learning about who I am in this and what I want to do in this. And so I think I'm, through, through even the show and through just who I am as a person, I'm getting language, permission, courage, um, and, I, and I hear some things from God and even get, getting wisdom on what I've already heard from God in this season. And that's that's a challenge. Like when you've already heard from God some things, but it's time to apply them. Mm-hmm. If it's on the back burner, it's nice. But all of a sudden it's on the front burner. You're like, yay. But then all of a sudden you have to work really hard. Mm-hmm. It's It's been really intense to even figure out our boundaries and our margins and how to incorporate all of this stuff that God's saying. It's a now time. Everyone wants to hear it's now until you realize how much work is involved. And we're working re- like the last two and a half years. Mm-hmm. I mean, how many books have we released and curriculums? I mean, we've done three full curriculums. We're doing our fourth. Right now we have a fifth coming out. We have a major publisher publishing a book soon. We have so much going on that it's like, I've done so many TV appearances and podcasts, all these things that I've always dreamed of being in that genre and especially stuff in the entertainment industry, but it's so much work. I didn't anticipate, like, I love that reflection time. And we, we did a push season where we did so much that I'm just now catching up to have the reflection time to go, okay, let's reset again. And like, let's look at this again. So I think no one ever talks about those things, but that's part of what I'm, I'm going through. Right. And that's a, you know, that's, I love that you're talking about this because I think so many people, I mean, we're all on a, a deep identity journey and it's seasonal and it changes and it morphs. And I think sometimes it's easy to get stuck in one identity when the truth is many times we are, we're being invited into something new. And so I've just seen you apply um, so much faith, so much um, just freedom to your process and um, and actually allowing yourself to go there. And actually, you know, it takes a lot of a lot of faith and being brave. And yeah, the, going into the promised land and into a new season certainly is a lot of work, like you're saying. And it's a very, very deep process um, across the board. So I just, I love how you... Well, remember when it. Graham Cook was teaching, we were at a conference together, Sri and I were, 
where Graham, who's one of our favorites, who's been on the show, he he was teaching and he said, um, for every identity, there's a provision and resource that brings you into a part of God that you would never hit if you didn't apprehend that identity. But there's also identities you have to come out of to apprehend the new identities. And we're not talking about core identity as far as who you are, what makes up who you are. We're talking about roles you would play and callings you would take on. And it's really hard for someone, especially in the middle age of life, to to change because there's it's much higher risk. It's easier when you're 20 to 25 than 30 and then 35. But as soon as you get into your 40s, 50s, 60s, to completely change what you're doing. And that's what we've been doing. It's complete completely change what we're known for, how we're known, like we're going into more media, we're going into all this stuff. It's it's a really big change for us because money's different, you know, finances, how we make money is different. It's been uh, a negotiation and a navigation to even figure that out. And then also just the way we spend our time is different. And I, I was looking at all the invitations we've had, you know, with my assistant and I was like, you know, this is like, he, he, he shelters me from hundreds of them and then brings me the ones that he knows, like either God could be on or that they're close friends or whatever. And I'm listening, I'm looking at all the invitations and next year we're only traveling like to four or five other people's conferences. And then we're doing a lot of our own events. And, and I had to look at it and go, I want to do all these conferences he's mentioning. Like they were all like with, you know, our favorites like Bill Johnson and Heidi Baker and Randy Clark and these kinds of guys. And I'm like, I want to do all of those. And I can't because of what we're building. And I have to, my yes is so strong. I have to know what I'm saying no to. We talk about that quite a bit. And so I have to say no to even the best things that are so good because I'm saying yes to the, the very best thing, which is what God's called me to in this season. And that's been really hard. Like it's, it's easy to learn when you don't have opportunity. But it's hard to learn when you do have opportunity. Mm-hmm. You you st- you become more of an expert and you stop learning. Right, right. I love that. I just love that there's there's such a practical piece uh, and process just in your humanity and um, and just our life to the supernatural piece of the next season of what God's doing, the move of God, all of that thing. So I love that. Thanks for sharing that. I think that that's that's just amazing. So one of my favorite things about the show is actually hearing people's stories. They're just the, the power of story. It's yeah. so it's so fun. It's so inspiring. And I just love that we get to hear so many stories from our guests. So I just wanted to ask you, Sean, in um, in your current life right now, what are some of your most favorite stories? What are some of your most favorite encounters with people or things that God has done just in, in every day or just share a couple of those things? Yeah. You know, we get the opportunity, and this is kind of a roundabout way to answer that. We get the opportunity. We've been doing a lot of seminars to train people how to hear God's voice. Some of them are words and knowledge based, and some are just, you know, hearing, administering God's voice in your life right now. And we've done some a number of kids' events, and it's really amazing to watch kids mm-hmm. who are hearing God in powerful ways. And one of the events we just did not too long ago was in uh, Dallas. And we had a kids' event at Sojourn Church in Dallas, and it was packed. It was they could only hold like 460 because we have the parents come to, and it was completely packed. So these kids who've never, most of them have uh, only, I think, 15% have read our book uh, for, for kids. So they're new to me, and their parents are getting there because their parents want them to grow, and they're six to 12 year olds. So I'm getting up there as like a prophetic guy, sharing with them, like, and then activating them into hearing God's voice. And one of the uh, there's four sets of parents that I knew that came and one of the sets of parents, they were like, that was good. That was sweet. They're, they asked their son and daughter, how did you guys like it? Their son and daughter were like, it was great. It was fun. Da, da, da. And they're just like, cool. It was just that moment, you know, whatever, you know, it, was, it wasn't like super profound, powerful, but it was fun. And so they went home and, and uh, my friend, she called me, Deborah called me and said, uh, you have to call me back. You have to listen to the story. And, 
And I ended up, she ended up texting it instead because she wanted to like really write it down. She's like, I'm crying too hard. I was text you. And she said, I would give away journals for the kids uh, at these events. It's just part of the, what they get when they sign up. And her son, who was like just this little soccer kid. who's never really, he loves God. He's, he, he's around 10 years old and he's never really expressed anything that God's shown him or anything, but he's a great kid. Very obedient, very awesome, very good, lots of character. But she said, he came to her and said, mom, can I share with you what God's been showing me in my journal? And the journal was full. Now it's only like 25 pages, but it's 10. And he filled it up in three days, completely full with things that God told him. And they were messages like, my son, I've called you to be an influencer. I've called you to integrity. I've called you to teach people what integrity is. I've called you to help people. You're going to be in business. And this is, I mean, like all of these incredible words to him that he received personally from God. You can't take that out of somebody once they've received it. And she had no idea he even had kind of engaged God that way during the event. And she had no way idea that he had been having this little secret life with God for three days. And she's like, she didn't know he could hear from God basically. And she was just crying, just weeping over what God told him. It was like all the things she'd been praying for him since she was young and God spoke it to him. And it just, it was one of those moments where I realized that us, you know, we, we do tons of activation. So we actually have people stand up and pray for each other. And we tell them, you know, how to navigate that and whatever, and these live meetings. And we also do a lot of we training resources and, you know, where they can do, you can do an e-course with us, or whatever, but to hear the results of that and hear like a child, a 10 year old. And then to hear some people, like some friends who are politicians who are sharing their story and stories with us where it's like, them learning how to hear from God has made the difference of their campaign or we've, I've had a few business friends who are like, if I hadn't heard from God this way, I would have never had multiplied fruit of what we have. So to hear that were that I'm an inspirer for people to say, you gave me the courage or you, there's like life before Sean and after Sean is what a lot of people have told me. That's, I hear that all the time. There's life before you, Sean, and life after you, Sean, which to me is like life before an aspect of Jesus was revealed to him in life after. I don't take it personally. To me, that's the most humbling place. It's Mm -hmm. like, wow, God, I I never thought, you know me, I was going to leave the public prophetic persona and just do more general Christian maturing stuff. And then God apprehended me and said, I want to use the prophetic and use people's ability to hear my voice so greatly in this next generation that it will be the marking distinction among Christianity uh, worldwide. And so we are one of the many vehicles that God's using to promote that. Mm-hmm. But to see such a such a multiplication of that, like I could tell you my first 10 years of ministry, we didn't have this kind of fruit. Mm-hmm. It was like everyone saw it here. I hear good stories all the time, but not on this level. I'm hearing high, high level stories of breakthrough and from God's voice in people's lives that are so, It's I'm on good story overload. I tell you that all the time. I'm on goodness overload. Totally. I don't know how to even express. Like I, I have so many stories and conversations of the goodness in me that I can't even express those stories. That's why we, this podcast is great because I get to slow down and hear some of the stories of people. Yeah. I, you said something interesting when you said, you said to me, you know me, I was trying to actually kind of leave the bigger prophetic ministry world. Would you yeah. talk a little bit about that process? <laughs> and I think it's just very interesting because, you know, I would always say to you, you're like, I'm just, I'm going to kind of move out of the prophetic realm. Uh, for our listeners, that was probably about uh, six years ago. Yeah. And, um, and I was like, why, why, why are you, why are you running away from it? Why don't you want to be a part of it? Is that okay if we talk a little yeah, bit about that? that? I'm really that putting on the hot seat now. So, you know me, I, I really have a, uh, a heart for social transformation 
and to see like the kingdom of God manifest where it engages culture. And we see what God's original plans were in society. And so we see God plus humanity equals great change and breakthrough. I mean, I've done extensive missions. I've been to war zones. I've been to red light districts. I've been to dumps. I've been to these places because I was second generation Christian. I wasn't satisfied with seeing God just do the great things in the church. I wanted to see how to engage culture outside the church, you know, whether you call it the seven mountaintops or whether you call it social justice, whatever, a mixture of all those things. So when we got far enough into our ministry, I felt like a lot of the prophetic ministry that we were seeing was very church centric and didn't have a, uh, transformational theology message in it. And so at one point I was even in Hollywood and embracing Hollywood and our calling in Hollywood and stuff. I didn't want to be known as the prophetic guy or the prophet in the sense of like, I wanted to be known for let's engage culture and transform society and see popular culture help to herald what God wants to do in mainstream culture and help disciple lives. You know, it's a great commission, like, you know, make disciples. And so the great commission isn't release pro- prophetic ministry. The great commission is make disciples. But what I was missing that, even though I wasn't running away from the prophetic gift, I was running, running more away from maybe the office mm-hmm. and, uh, I was just being known as a prophet or a prophetic guy because it was a liability in my mind. I, I didn't want to be the poster child for prophetic ministry. But what I was missing is that, I mean, essential to the Bible is the fact that his sheep know his voice. And when we hear his voice, our options change. And we proved that over and over in this podcast this season in so many different genres. When people heard from God, they had opportunities that no one else had. Mm-hmm. They were able to do things that no one else was doing. And so I knew that all along, but there's a part of me that even didn't realize that up to that point, the favor that you and I have had behind the scenes in the entertainment industry is because of God speaking to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I would say that's 90% of the reason why we have favor with producers, directors, actors, all these people to pull off events and to pull off behind the scenes things and to get invited into certain circles is because God spoke to me at some time. And so I think, I think there was this war and it was probably an identity war again with one part of my calling, which was, I was, I was separating transformation from the prophetic. Mm -hmm. And when I was able to come through a season of going, the only reason why we're here is because God spoke to us and I'm going to help other people to get places that you can only get to if you have that relationship with God. As soon as we put, you know, translating God out just a couple of years ago, which was one of my my books, my first book in this new season, and it became a bestseller. It's a very niche book. It's about how to trans or hear God's voice and engage culture around you. So it's hearing God's voice for yourself and the world around you is the subtitle. And it went viral. I mean, hundreds of thousands of copies have sold and thousands of churches have taken on this curriculum for how to hear from God. It's a love-based approach for hearing God's voice in the prophetic ministry. And it went viral. And I remember you said to me, you said, See, you're willing to be involved with it now because you realize you are a reformer Mm -hmm. and you're allowed to have a reformation voice to reform the way people think Mm -hmm. about prophetic ministry. And if you you feel empowered that way, you don't feel like a victim of what's negative and what's done wrongly. Because so many people hear about the prophetic and they only associate it with the negative. I remember my my grandparents and uh, some of my great aunts and stuff, when I told them I was in ministry, they said, what do you want to do? And I said, like Christian television and inspiring the world and like going in missions. They're going, oh, you're going to be a stupid TV evangelist evangelist because they weren't Christians at the time. And, and I was like, no, I'm not gonna be a TV evangelist. And I realized I had to rebrand the way they thought about Christianity because they only thought of the three people who failed in Christian television when they thought of all of that. 
but my one time of loving them while rebranding it, they forgot about all the negative and they just thought of me. I became what they thought about when they thought of Christianity and they liked what they thought about. So they all got saved before they died, which is beautiful. And so that's part of being a reformer, but I didn't feel empowered six years ago. Mm -hmm. And then as we started going that journey of identity and love and connection to ourselves and whatever that you and I have gone through, I felt really empowered. And then we released Translating God. I was like, oh my gosh. Mm -hmm people are responding to this. I'm becoming, again, using that word thought leader that a lot of like TED Talks would use. I'm becoming a thought leader in what it's like to hear from God. And people are listening to that. And it's been such a privilege to be on this journey with hundreds of thousands of people around the world, you know, who are, and we, I mean, the amount of communication we get of people who are like, I had this negative experience with the prophet. What do you think? And we're able to change their mind and say, that's, that's wrong. That's not what it is. Here's what you should be looking for. Here's the materials of resources, the free podcast, the free videos, all these things that we've put out there. And in two and a half years, we've created really a, a warehouse of materials, both free and paid for that people can go on a journey with. And to me, we're able to reform. Yeah, totally. I think for, um, I'm trying to, I'm so close to you, so I know so much about your <laughs> process and how your world works and, and the aspects of your relationship with God. But I just think about the people listening to the podcast right now and um, how you operate in the uh, in words of knowledge specifically. And I just think, could you give our listeners a little peek into, I just wonder how many people would be thinking, how does he hear from God like ah, that? What does his journey awesome. look like? So, just well, some people, little... honestly, a lot of our listeners probably don't even know that a big part of why I'm doing this is because of my own prophetic ministry. Right. And I know a lot of our guests will refer because I've had prophetic encounters for them or experiences for them. And so a lot of them will honor me or refer to it or whatever. But um, I, I regularly hear from God. And, and I had this woman named Jill Austin who was a prophet and uh, who was in my life who kind of uh, inadvertently mentored me through friendship, you know, in some ways and not primary, primary mentor, but just one of the, you know, one of my friends who was an example and she would always call up her friends and call her friends higher. Mm -hmm. She just had a heart to call her friends higher. She used her gifting to contend with God for a word for them that would change their life. So she had key words. When I look at like my top 15 words over my life, probably seven of them are from her because she she was trying to be present in that area. God speaks to me, so I'm going to listen first for my friends and the people I love most. And so for me personally, like I've had key words for people I've been in their lives that have helped to maybe bring a blueprint. A lot of people use that word, like you gave me a blueprint for my faith, or you gave me words that gave me the direction for how to do what was in our hearts. And I've had this now for 25 years, these kinds of words. And so my process is I do a lot of listening prayer and I just sit with God. And instead of doing second commandment prayer list, I, I actually just sit down and say, God, what do you want to talk about? Like, and I just honor and cherish my, you guys and like my family and then go beyond my family into my friendship network. And I look and I create space for that where I look at people's lives. If one of my close friends is like, can you pray this is going on in our life right now? I'm, I'm trying to be present with that and then see if I hear anything. And I read the Bible a lot, especially in context to prophesy, because when you use the word, you, you know the word. So I've, I've learned the word in, in depth where I could quote whole chapters of the Bible because I've had to use it, not only to stand up for myself, but also to prophesy over others, which has caused it to create more meaning for myself. Because when I see how God feels about others through the word, it causes me to see how he feels about me as well, which is one of the beautiful aspects of speaking for him is that you actually hear his thought process and how he feels. Yeah. And so I feel like, you know, the prophetic is a very, it's a very internal process for me. It's very cerebral. Mm -hmm. And I get a lot of word association. Like I'll hear people's names and addresses and 
social security numbers and bank account numbers. So people in the, who are listening may not have heard a lot about that. But uh, I hear a lot of details about people's lives. You have a contract in your desk drawer on the right side right now. God's going to make it go through. I remember looking at one guy and saying, I see three green cards right now flying down from heaven. They're hitting you and you're going to be able to stay in America. And he's from England. He pulls over the car we're driving and he just starts crying. I didn't even know he was trying to apply for green cards. He'd never shared that with me. And I said, you've been stuck in a nine-month process. The process is over. They got their green cards the next Tuesday. So those kinds of like moments, but I'll see it. I'll see it, someone see it in a visionary way, like a, a symbolic picture way. And then other times I'm just listening and I have thoughts that are like downloaded to me, which is the most common way people hear is because the Holy Spirit lives within us. So it's like almost within our thoughts, he weaves his His perfect, beautiful love, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love that. Thanks for sharing that. I just, I always think it's just interesting to hear a little bit more about how people hear for themselves yeah. and what their journey and process looks like. And I know people are always very intrigued by uh, your process and, and specifically how how you you know interact with God like that. So thanks for sharing that. Thank you, love. Okay, so going into season two, yeah. what are you looking forward to? You know, I think we're going to refine it, tell a little bit longer stories because we've been breaking them up into two a week with the same person. So we'll do like a 15 minute interview and a 20 minute interview or whatever, but we're going to combine those and just do like one longer flow. So I'm excited to have the conversation to be a little longer and we don't have a time limit anymore. We used to have a time limit where we could only do up to 15 to 20 minutes because we're with Charisma Podcast Network and they released us from a time limit so we can go a little bit longer if we want to. So we can go more in depth, but I'm looking forward to some of the guests we're having on like we're having people like John and Lisa Bevere and Bill Johnson and uh, I'm a bunch of actors, entertainer type people, just like really cool uh, influencers. I can't tell you some of their names just because we're locking them in because we haven't done any of the interviews yet. But uh, it's just so exciting to hear people who want to tell kind of vulnerable, real stories that we get out of them that may not tell those in any other format or they would do it in the context of a teaching where there's a lot of resolution but they're willing to tell it with us and so I Brian Johnson was like an example in season one of that where he shared his mental breakdown and how God spoke to him out and pulled him out of it because of God's word so we have some more of those kinds of stories that are coming and not necessarily mental breakdowns but just vulnerable stories that I think are going to be so powerful so I'm looking forward to our listening audience you guys who are listening going on the journey with some more influencers that you already respect that I think are going to not only challenge you, but you're going to feel not only connected to them, but connected to yourself in their journey. You're going to see yourself in their journey. So I'm so excited about who's coming on season two. We have, I mean, when I look at the list of people we've invited and they've all said, yes, it's amazing. I got the quality of people that are about to come on, you know, Brian Headwalch from corn and, and just, I mean, so many people are going to come on. It's going to be so cool to hear the real story. So I feel like we won't have enough time to talk to him. I want to go for like three hours per person, but I'm excited about season two. Wow. Me too. What I love too, is that you're implementing some industry people and some other, I love that because those are some of my favorite stories to hear because it's just God just invading people's everyday life, their careers there, and just to hear what he's doing in a stealth way, just in people's lives by just having him there, by people just bringing him along, you know? And we get to introduce him to the community of faith, and they get to shine as the heroes they are. Because a lot of times you see, it's easy to see Bill Johnson as a hero, because he's seen in the church light as how beautiful he is, you know? But when you hear somebody who's a businessman, or you hear one of the politicians we're going to have on, we have a congressman who's going to come on. When you hear these kinds of guys, you get to hear their stories and you're like, what? 
and you you can see Heidi Baker that way, but all of a sudden you get to see an actor or musician that way, and you're like, this is amazing. Like yes. it gives everybody courage. I mean, it just raises the the water level for all of our faith, you know. So I'm really excited about season two. It's gonna be good. A weekly weekly show instead of bi weekly, it'll be um, weekly, or I guess it was twice a week last time. So it'll be weekly, and it's gonna be really exciting. Okay. Well, thank you, Cherie, for interviewing me today. It felt weird to be in the hot seat, but I liked it. Ah, thanks for having me. That's fun. <laughs> and I just want to encourage you guys, join us for season two. We're going to take a quick, like maybe a month long or a month and a half long break in between seasons. And so uh, you'll have time to catch up for any of the episodes you didn't listen to. There's some gems out there. So make sure to listen to all of them. Rate, subscribe, tell your friends, share. Whenever you like one of our, our episodes, please share it. It's very easy to share the link on your social media page and tell people. Even each episode that you like, you can go in and rate. You don't have to just rate the, the full series, but you rate each episode. And that helps people find out about it. And it helps the algorithms for more people to get exposed to it. So thank you so much for your support. I just want to give all of our listeners, especially our continued listeners, I'm just so excited and overjoyed that you guys would even be on the journey with us. I want to thank you for being a part of season one. Thank you so much for uh, just your support, your love, your encouragement. Now on to season two, we have not that it's bigger and better than the people in season one, but bigger and better ways to express their stories that I'm so excited about. So join us for season two in just about a month and a half. We're going to have such a good time and I hope you guys are growing the prophetic. Get the materials. You can watch our free videos that are out just about daily on our Facebook also we have a mailing list and if you want to join our mailing list at bullsministries.com just go there and Shri and I if you loved hearing from her she's with me every month we release just a state of the union what we're doing what God's showing us video and newsletter so if you enjoyed hearing my wife today you can see her on our website and I'm so glad you were with me baby thank you so much for being on the, the show today oh thanks for having me this is so fun well let's keep growing in the prophetic you guys let's explore together Signing off for season one. Thanks for listening to Exploring the Prophetic Podcast. I'm your host, Sean Bowles, and I want to encourage you to continue the conversation with us online at www.bowlesministries.com. We have exciting resources, e-courses, books, even children's materials to help you grow in the prophetic and go on a continuing journey of hearing God's voice. If you're enjoying this podcast, don't forget to subscribe and rate and tell all your friends. Join me next time where we explore the prophetic together. 